she's she's had so many sort of hats. She's been like a like a magazine columnist, a, a documentary presenter, a, a, a reality TV star. She's had a she, she's been had a massive success of her fitness videos. She's been a writer. She's obviously been like an amateur sleuth. And like, how amazing would it be that that for this for this big showdown, she does a my cousin Vinna and represents herself. <laughs> <laughs> it would be unreal. That's what we're waiting for. That's what we want. <laughs> I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco. People's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take that as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, I have a bad shave. Hello comrades and you're very welcome to the football spin. Naz, did you see that um, Gobshite appeared in the New York Times for the first time? I've always used Gobshite and just assumed it's like a mankism, but like it's obviously... Really? Yeah. Because this cultural appropriation, uh, there was a couple, well there was the chap from the Sunday Times that said it was a term of British origin. Yeah, and then, he, and then he tried to expand it to the British Isles, including Ireland. In that, yeah, I see. He made a, he made such a big mistake because oh. uh, um, he mustn't have been aware of like Irish people were celebrating this so much today that Godshide yeah. had had appeared in the New York Times. Like it was uh, like it, slightly diminished, I thought, by the fact that it was appeared in a Roddy Doyle story. <laughs> you, kind of you know what I mean? Like it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, Maggie Haberman, quote, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. saying, you know, sources it, close to Donald Trump describe him as an almighty <laughs> god. <guy. laughs> it's 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 like me getting excited if like there's a, there's like a I don't know an article about Muslims like that's got a, a salam alaikum in it, and we go, yes, finally made it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, have you, have you? I think I think I think there's a well in terms of like um, flags and sort of slogans like. United fans use use the phrase uh, "copites" or "gobshites." Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I've heard that. Yeah, but the, but the thing the thing is, I mean, like when I say I thought it was a mankism, like anything from Manchester and Liverpool is it, it, likelihood is it's from Liverpool anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, sorry, so the, the likelihood is, is it's, from, it's from Ireland anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's that's probably right. Yeah, so yeah. it's um, but uh, no, he just made the mistake of um. Doubling down. Well, yeah, doubling. Well, he didn't. He deleted his tweet. Yeah. But... He was he, he 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 was doubling down. Oh, good one. Yeah, oh, you see. Nice. <laughs> but you didn't. What did the of Paddy said yesterday that you didn't? Uh, you'd never heard. Oh, oh, look it. Look it. It's it, it's it, it's when we're talking about something or going on, and he wants to sort of get back to the point. He goes, "Look it." <laughs> <laughs> That's look, just one of those things you don't even realise you're saying. But, but look, it can mean my wife is English has started saying, sure, look it, since uh, uh, we've been living here. Like, she just, <laughs> like she just, if it's if a conversation is going nowhere, she'll just go, ah, sure, look it. We just watched uh, Harry Kane do the business for, uh, for Spurs tonight. Um, so we'll get to that momentarily. But the big breaking news in the world of football is that... Um, David Louise is going to earn a richly deserved <coughs> one-year contract extension. Well, and... it turns out Mikel Arteta, when he said that nothing mm. that happened at Manchester City would uh, 
uh, alter that decision. Um, uh, you know, he, at the time it sounded like he uh, was sounding like, uh, oh, what's his name from Alan Partridge? David Hare's. Uh, what's his name? Not David Hare's. The second series. Uh, it sounded like, you know, decisions get made and unmade all the time. Uh, that guy who wouldn't give Partridge a second series, it sounded like that. But actually, he, he it, it turned out that he was actually telling the truth, that you know there would be no reason to uh, uh, change their mind about um, about uh, David, David Louise. And he, he's, got a, he's got that contract extension um, that you know tells you everything you need to know about Arsenal. I mean, the, the fans are not impressed. No, like it's it, well, it's 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 a combination of things. Like it's, I think today, um, David Louise is staying and getting extension. Um, they, they were really pinning the hopes on because there was lots of people wondering why uh, Gabriel Martinelli wasn't in the team, and uh, there was talk about maybe him not being quite match fit. But um, he, he apparently he's injured and he might be out for the season. So they're really gutted about that. That was one one sort of the ray of hope they were looking forward to, and and also this talk about obviously the keepers uh, injured. This talk about Joe Hart coming back. Yeah, so it's all it's all it's all coming up Arsenal. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it's uh, they'll be trying to null and void every you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, if if, if uh, do you know like do you know like uh, 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 at Anfield they had like Bruce Grobbler like pissing on the on the posts. Like, like who would who would be the who would be the Arsenal equivalent? So, sort of like, just piss on each uh, on each sort of uh, post, just to sort of get rid of any curse or anything. Mm. Would it be uh, would it be like Lukic or someone? Seaman. Let's not use Seaman. Yeah, no, that could get misunderstood. No, not that, David. <laughs> oh dear, it's all going downhill very quickly. It has. This is what, what, night, what night in a row are we on here? This is what happens. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. I mean, uh, so it feels like we've done like six nights in a row now. This is, but here we are. Here we are. Um, so good news for Arsenal fans um, with the news that David Luiz, like, it's a, it's, it's kind of stunned everybody. Like most people just thought it was a, it was a joke to start with, but um like David Luiz has a, has he's he's had many lives. He's a he's a blessed man. Like he's 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 managed to reinvent himself. Nas, could he do it again? Maybe maybe David Luiz could turn it all around. Who knows? I mean, I I remember when he was at Benfica, and like, don't get me wrong, it's not as if like I'm some connoisseur that watches a lot of European football. However, I do remember watching him a few times because he was linked to um, UK teams. Uh, and and he did. I think I think when I whenever I saw him, he was kind of playing at a left back. So he, so mm. he came forward a lot. So that he, he looks really impressive there. And like there's always been this thing about about David Luiz, hasn't there? That sort of like, oh, really? He should be a midfielder. So yes, like, you know, has that has that ever been tried consistently? Not really. No. no. Um, uh, I don't think that would work either. I think uh, no. I think that's a bit uh, of a red herring, isn't it? Yeah, no, I don't think that's going to happen. Tony Hares, sorry, Tony Hares, <laughs> like some sort of there Tourette, some kind of Tourette's, <laughs> just from nowhere. Partridge can... Tourette's. <laughs> it's bugging me, it's bugging me. No, it's what about uh, Colin Vardy and uh, <laughs> Colin Vardy? <laughs> Tony Hares, I told you. <laughs> Jesus, Colin Vardy, no, that's the quiz. 
Yes, Colleen. Colleen, Colleen Rooney. Yes. Um, Rebecca Vardy. We get, uh, we're getting a second series. A little bit like, a, unlike Partridge, we're getting a second, second series of, 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 uh, of Rooney versus Vardy. Um, I, I like the way, like, it, 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 it is fantastic. You know, I think everyone, no, nothing could really match the excitement of uh, the original story, like the day that broke. Um, like that was one of the great, great days mm. in the in, in it modern. Was beautiful. In modern, it, it, modern it was. Life. It was. Pr- but the, but I mean, not only was it great because like we've had all the great moments. Like I just need to say the words "drip doctors" to sort of recall, sort of like <laughs> r- recall great moments on sort of like football Twitter and everything. But like, but like in in terms of the in terms of the Colleen Rooney thing, like it was it was just like chef kiss in terms of the way she sort of revealed it yeah. and like it was it was really artfully sort of like presented and sort of like there was a big there's a big reveal at the end it was amazing but see i love i love the way that that has framed the whole thing because even today when you're reading like the story about and this is the news that uh, rebecca vardy is taking colleen colleen rooney to the high court for defamation after launching a 1 million pound lawsuit but the mail reported it the wags have been at loggerheads after Colleen publicly accused Rebecca's Instagram account of leaking stories. <laughs> yeah, that fucking Instagram account. But this, but this is the thing. This, this is this is what Team Colleen are saying basically. Because like uh, they're saying that she's actually. I mean, she's she's been a smart cookie all her life. Like that's evident. But like uh, the whole the whole sort of payoff of, of the end is is it's not it's. Rebecca Vardy, it's, yeah. it's Rebecca Vardy's account. So, so mm. can you can you really can you really say that's caught? She's not accusing the person. No, it's it's well. I imagine this is what's going to be uh, fantastically argued in 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 the court. You know what this mm. what this you know what the the interpretation of this and what the reasonable interpretation of and we don't want to we don't we don't want to second guess how this case is going to unfold. Yeah, but, yeah. But let's let's not spoil our fun. But I think that would be what they would be asking. Like if you, but then if if uh, and and that and that's just about the account. But then, uh, what does Colleen like? What does she have to like? Is you know what? Like Rebecca Vardy has always denied this, uh, and uh, you know has she got some way of demonstrating that there was other methods or other ways that the stuff that Colleen Rooney said was appearing only in her Instagram feed isn't that the, that's what was happening wasn't it yeah mm-hmm. uh, I mean she'd set it to one she said it to just one person mm-hmm. being able to view those yeah uh which was Rebecca Vardy's account Rebecca that was Vardy's able to account. view those yeah yeah mm-hmm. um, well, and then I she think... fed it with fake news yeah <clears throat> I, ju- I just think it throws up this amazing scenario because like I mean, first of all, calling Colleen Rooney a wag seems disrespectful now because she's more relevant than a than a husband now. So, like, if if anything, Wayne Rooney's like a hob rather than her being a wag. So like, like, secondly, like, like she she's she's had so many sort of hats. She's been like a like a magazine columnist, a, a documentary presenter, a, a, a reality TV star. She's had a she she's been had a massive success of her fitness videos. She's been a writer. She's obviously been like an amateur sleuth. And like, how amazing would it be? That that for this for this big showdown, she does a my cousin Vinner and represents herself. <laughs> <laughs> it would be unreal. That's what we're waiting for. That's what we want. Yeah, that would be the that would be the way to. Uh, oh, it would be amazing, that, you know. And her her, uh, you're still under oath, Mrs. Vardy. Um, <laughs> Objection overruled. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I think it's. Um, 
it's it's amazing. I didn't realize this that the women held an online alternative dispute resolution mediation meeting in May alongside their lawyers in a bid to avoid wow. an expensive court case, according to the mail. Uh, but it, it proved unsuccessful. Uh, it proved unsuccessful. Um, it is a shame, uh, a source says, it's a shame it has come to this. I dispute that. But there is no other way. Colleen, <laughs> there's plenty of evidence as she isn't frightened to show it. Well, I think you might be right. I think this this is building towards... Uh, Colleen just defending her, you know, taking the, you know, taking the case herself. <laughs> uh, this, this could be a, I, I just wish, I just wish we, we were allowed to televise cases in this country. Like it could, it could be our, our OJ Simpson trial, this. It could be. It's a shame. Well, maybe, yeah, is there any chance that by then they might've just decided that because, you know, they want to, maybe because of, 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 uh, Social distancing and coronavirus, it might just uh, this you know yes. way a lot of things are being accelerated uh, that we needed to be accelerated anyway. Like you know people doing meetings online, maybe we just get courts online finally and get courts televised uh, at this stage, and um, we can do that. We could watch it because it will be a shame not to be able to. Uh, oh. see you got that. that. You got that British judge as well that does the. Uh... The courtroom drama. He's he's got he's got what's his name? Judge Reinhold Renner. He's like Judge Tony Judy. Hairs. <laughs> <laughs> no, and he's got his Judge Rinder. You don't mean there it is. Judge Rinder. There you go. <laughs> he's available. This this whole podcast is us just shouting out names. <laughs> About five minutes too late. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, well, on to shouting, um, Neil Warnock. I mean, like, if you ask people to guess Neil Warnock's age, uh, you've probably seen it also, and Dion, yeah, well, but like, I don't think most people would say Neil Warnock is in his 70s. Um, I don't know what that says about Neil Warnock or me, but he's, uh, he's taken on his 17th job as manager of Middlesbrough. What age do you think Nancy Pelosi is? Oh, well. 65, 65, 66. Nas? 70. She is 80 years old. Wow. Impressive. It is impressive. She's older than Joe Biden. That's phenomenal. Joe Biden's like 77, Dion? 77, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that uh, she was 80. I'm, I'm slightly. I'm just going back to Paddy. I'm slightly confused as to as to what age he thought Neil Warnock was. Do you think... I thought he was younger. I didn't think he was in his seventies. He's like, like he's not got eyebrows. He's got wrinkles for eyebrows. I don't know what's, but like, yeah, and I didn't know if, if that was something you could talk about, whether it was uh, like related to an illness. Because I think, I think it's hard to tell. Like, like he's one of those people. He's hard to age. He's he's a little bit like Mumra, the ever living or something. You can't you can't really <laughs> pinpoint anything. <laughs> Um, yeah, he yeah. Has, yeah. It's not that he's permanently. On, youth, it's not that he's permanently youthful. It's just that he was sort of achieved <laughs> a certain age. Permanently and, old. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, he's, he's he's so old that he used to babysit Tim Westwood. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so Neil Warnock is the new manager of Middlesbrough. Um, yeah. 
until the end of the season. Um, so, um, I mean, like it is like I know he is seen as a bit of a, a very salty individual and he sort of like has a lot of uh, people that are a lot of distractors, but he is always entertaining, Nas. Um, no, yeah. you picked you picked out this this clip is fantastic. Oh, there's, uh, there's a there's a whole there's a whole documentary called Warnock. I think I think it's called Warnock in capital letters, mm. um, and it's it's just amazing. It's it's like behind the scenes of like a failed promotion push with Sheffield United, um, which was incidentally all the way through. Who was saying it's going to be his last job, which I think he said for his last sort of seven like jobs. He's been like, this is the last one. I'm going to retire after this. But like, it's just amazing the way he's he's just having a massive go at all these players and just losing it and. Uh, is what's what's that um what's that sort of um like a comedy that's got Ricky Tomlinson in it um that's that, that where he's the England manager sorry oh they, uh, uh, Mike Bassett yeah it's, it's a little bit like that but real life and even even madder um and and yeah he's he's just, it's just amazing it's and also like have have you heard of um the Golden Thread no so so when when Middlesbrough uh, brought in Woodgate, um, it was meant to be like a revolution. Like they, it, it, what they decided to do was instead of um, going from manager to manager, um, they were they were gonna stick with Woodward, um, Woodgate no matter what. And for some reason, they described it as the, as a golden thread going through the going through the club, which was going to be this big ethos, big philosopher, um, no matter how well or or badly uh, Woodgate did at the beginning, they were going to stick by him because they truly believed in his his philosophy. And like, obviously a year on, uh, they've got rid and it's, and it's, and it's just hilarious. That sort of like, like before, before Woodgate, there was, there was Pulis, which was, which is like another, like very breakfasty manager. And then, and then they went for like this grand sort of ethos and sort of thought, oh, right, we're going to do things differently. We're, we're basically going to sort of like reinvent football. It's going to be very sort of Guardiola-esque. And like a year on, they thought, "Fuck it! Like we need to stay up. Let's go back to basics, back to Brexit, and and obviously Colin, Colin Warnock." Um, I, wonder, I wonder how much of that has to do with uh, the fact that football, you know, because of of coronavirus, everything. Like you know, they may have decided they could withstand whatever pressures they came under uh, in a normal world. But now, when you look at football, and like especially in the Championship and below that. It's just in smithereens because of you know you know losing losing gate receipts all that kind of stuff. So I wonder if I mean suddenly, I mean, I mean, I mean uh, possibly, but the, the the thing and another thing with Middlesbrough fans is that they're slightly perplexed as as in like not much has changed in one game. Like so, there's been this long break. They've come back and 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 played a game, and suddenly they've got really Woodgate, and all that time's been wasted. So it just feel, if, the, the timing just feels weird. Like like get rid of him during that break. So. A new manager's got time to plan, like almost mm. have this mini preseason. Mm. I wonder how much because you see, like, he, like Woodgate was told he had a job. Could Steve Gibson said he had a job come what may in, on, in March on March the second, uh, and the fact that okay, you know, three. But I, I think it's one of those things that is so dramatically altered by by uh, what's happened since that. Uh, Perhaps you think you do need the. Uh, um, he is a bit like a kind of you know he's like the kind of chief epidemiologist 
you know, Neil Warnock, like just bring him in. Like we need to get our way through this crisis. We need someone to do the modeling, tell us where we're going to go and get us out the other side. And, uh, you know, that's where, where he comes in. <clears throat> well, you know, you know what you get from Neil Warnock, Dion? What's that? Lots of this. Taking strips out of Chris Morgan here. So who do you have to pick up, you? Who, is it fucking black and white or what? Who do you pick up, you? Let's go. Let's go. We last fucking two minutes. Can't you fucking get him in time he comes right. to take a fucking kick? Can, can you not get to pick him up right. by the time he gets from there to there? Whoever's in the fucking box. There's fucking three big ones at the back. Yeah. Oh, no, it's let's go one of them. Hey? It's let's go one no, of them. Well, Craddock and the fucking two other big fuckers. <sighs> so what do we do? You pick Lesko. If one of the other scores, I don't fucking blame you. Right. And you pick your fucking man up. And if it's the spare man, I take the fucking blame. It's in fucking black and white, Gaffer. You pick up whoever's fucking there. You went to tell him. So, yeah, I went to tell the ball, Mac, and he's fucking three. So, 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 Lesko's got nobody on him, has he? He's Footballers will blame the pitch, the referee, the conditions, the missus, everything but themselves, footballers. Oh, it's the joke. It's the, it's the last part that makes that noise. It's, it, it's, the, it's the juxtaposition yeah. of, of like of like afterwards pretending he was in complete control. <laughs> still, in the middle of all that, you still got better analysis than Roy Keane provides. <laughs> you know, Morgan and Stephen Neil were having like through all that, they're actually having a philosophical debate about you know who you know zonal marking versus man to man, and uh, um, you know it is actually something. Um, that that had some sort of perceptive analysis in it, and uh, it's one of the great. It's an amazing clip. It's really, uh, it's phenomenal. Like it just the amount of just the amount of anger when you watch it. The amount of anger in that dressing room. You know, whoever's beside Morgan then joining in, and it's just like let's. Jack Yelka. Yeah, was it Jack yeah. Yelka beside him? Yeah, yeah, was it, it is. Yeah. And, was it, uh, or, or, or was it Jack? Was it Jack Yelka who they're supposed to be marking? No, it's Lesko. No, Lesko. Another. Um, oh no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting my Midland Everton players mixed. Yeah, up. you are. You are. <laughs> <laughs> but, speaking... what, what, one, one tip bit I love about uh, Warnock is, and you'll notice it if you watch the documentary, and I highly, highly recommend it. Is, um, is, 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 is um, the way he says "fuck," because like. Most of the time, he, it's proper northern because obviously he's like from Sheffield away, and he's like fucking, fucking, and then and then sometimes when he's really exasperated for no apparent reason, he turns into Uncle Albert from Only Fools and Horses. Goes fucking hell! He's, he's <laughs> like, when he's when, he, when he's exasperated, he goes cocking it. Just just watch it, and you'll know exactly what I mean. Uh, it's good to have him back. Um, so. We haven't spoken about Spurs and West Ham at all. We might get to the end of this podcast without doing so. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, Mike Wedderburn. Um, <clears throat> so, like, again, like Mike Wedderburn is a, a Sky Sports uh, newsreader, and he's a guy that you'll know straight off the bat. You'll recognize his voice. He's got a beautiful voice and amazing delivery. Um, um, but, he, like, he's somebody that you may not have, if you heard his name, you'd be like, oh, I think I know that name. And and here he is today delivering this like incredible um, 
soliloquy on on Black Lives Matter. And this is him talking today on Sky Sports. Many of you have been asking why the words on the banner over the Etihad last night are offensive. Taken in isolation, of course they're not. But in context, they absolutely are. They're a deliberate challenge to the Black Lives Matter cause. Now, let's be absolutely clear. Nobody is saying that white lives don't matter. Of course they matter. But please try to understand. Black people's lives are not like those of the white population. We're viewed negatively and with suspicion. We're watched as we walk around shops. We don't hold positions of influence in organizations. A black person in a top business is likely to be on the catering staff or clearing bins. We get stopped and searched by the police. Yes, even television presenters. Life is simply tilted away from us. Black people have been murdered by members of organizations whose job it is to protect us. And there has been no comeback on those people. And that's not just in America. That's here too. Our lives have not mattered. Black lives matter. Thank you. Um, there's loads of standout lines in that. But the one that gets me is that it's so simple. Like black lives matter is a cry for help. It's not an attack on white people. Like uh, <laughs> it seems so simple and straightforward. And yet you can like Mike Wedderburn as a new, like he does deliver it in the kind of a newsreader style, but you can hear the emotion, the extra emotion in his voice. I think that's what makes it so powerful. Like it's a message that is hard it does seem to be very hard to get this message across. Um, but it's essential that we have guys like him that are standing up and speaking and making sense, but like saying it in very simple, in a very, very simple way. Yeah. It's um, no, I think, but I think it is getting across. I think that clearly like it, it, it depends really like, obviously there was the plane yesterday uh, and, you know, people point to the replies to, Burnley statement and they point the replies to his you know to this video uh and yet i i again it is that thing about uh you know twitter versus real life um and whether you like the exposure to those replies and we're all there's a kind of like there's that awful reflex when somebody says uh when somebody on twitter will say something like my god the replies to the burnley statement or whatever and I don't know about anything, but like my instinct reaction whenever I hear something like that is, let me go and look at the replies. Uh, let me, you know, and that's how, and that that's how Twitter works. Like it feeds, we we feed off the, uh, it feeds and the algorithm feeds off our just, you know, uh, insatiable kind of curiosity about that kind of uh, for con our sort of interest in conflict and abuse and these kind of things. And so you go to that and you see these replies. And you are appalled, and they are appalling people saying appalling things. But I think in the I think beyond that, there is a there is a conversation and a, and, a, and a different emphasis and a change emphasis. And he also Weatherburn represents that too, because we said it last night uh, when this happened. The fact that Sky go, go deal with this the way that's done, the way Ben Mee talks about it. Why Weatherburn talks about it, all these people are, it's not being something that it's kind of now, right, we've, it, it's dealt with, it's done, we've, we've, we've ticked that box and now let's move on, or unless we, we must cover this, you know, in a way that we must just kind of cover it. It's actually been done, it seems to be done with, with uh, some engagement and some sincerity. Now that's, that's possible, you know, that's a naive thing people to say, people will think when you're dealing with corporations, you're dealing with, uh, 
institutions like that. But there is a real attempt, it seems, to actually keep this in in, in keep this uh, prominent and. And I think that, and I think that's reflected too in the conversations. I, you know, I've been talking to people. I think that's something that lots of people are aware of, and lots of people uh, who aren't plugged in the way we are all the time, who aren't plugged into, that, who probably sound a bit more like you know Graham Soonis at times because they don't know everything. But I, I think that's the conversation. They're the conversations that are happening more than the the kind of cesspit of replies to to these things on Twitter. Nas, what do you what do you think? What did you make of um, Wedderburn's uh, statement today? Um, I mean, I think uh, again, it was it was so well put, and uh, I mean, it's it's it was funny. Well, it's not funny, but it's 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 it's, it's interesting that um, Robbie Earl was on on uh, American TV, um, and he and he he in a very different way. Like Robbie Earl was a lot more emotive and a lot more emotional about the way he explained it, but. Um, both of them, basically, um, one thing that they both mentioned was just the simple act of like walking into a shop and, and being sort of uh, treated differently, like like walking walking anywhere and sort of people nudging each other or sort of or sort of uh, changing changing sides on a road or whatever. And it's and it's as much as it's big things like people dying and sort of not being treated treated equally. It's these microaggressions as well um, that people are living and and I'd. I th- I think there's I think there's racists out there. I think there's bigoted people out there, but there's also people who are ignorant out there that simply just don't get it. They, they, they I don't I think there's people out there, and I, and I'm not including bigots and racists because they won't change their mind and they just want to hurt people and be horrible. But I think there's a section of of people out there who 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 are just ignorant to sort of that that sort of experience and just don't get it. And if if they if they had any proper understanding or thought it through what that's like on a on a on a day-to-day level it would totally change their mind it's it's kind of it's kind of like um and again it's like one line that sort of stood out for me for for, for what Wedderburn said is is um when he said um life is simply tilted away from us now now that that is a really sort of um elegant way of putting it but it's really really powerful as well like like it's just harder it's harder being black um and and so yeah, it was it was it was really moving. Um, I just I just wish that um, you know, there's a, there's like a movement now to um, or the, or there's there's like a uh, people are saying that schools in schools people should be taught history properly. So that so they should they should talk like for instance in this country they should they should learn about what the British what the British Empire did in Ireland in 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 India in 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 parts of Africa and 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 sort of uh basically give them some understanding about the context of, of of where we are now and 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 obviously also like uh the like how 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 uh enslavement was it was a huge part of uh um what 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 are called first world countries developing into what they are um they did that through th- through slavery um but as as well as as well as teaching that history in schools i wish i wish there was some kind of uh sort of intersectional studies because like the intersection of different um conditions is i think vital to people of all races and sort of uh sexual orientations and 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 gender and everything like getting a, a fuller understanding of of how of how things are because because you will you will get somebody in burnley or oldham or luton or anywhere 
who who kind of thinks, hang on, like I'm I'm a white person, I'm sort of I, I've I've got no money, I'm unemployed, there's no jobs, and and they will get angry at, 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 at totally rational things, and um and they'll think, well, oh, oh hit that guy over there who's Asian or black, they've got a better life than me. How how can how dare they say that uh that they've got it hard when I, when I've got it this hard and 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 that's they need to know there that they've got it hard because they're they're living in poverty or they're working class and and that that is a barrier but being black is another barrier and 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 quite often those things intersect where somebody is both black and working class so so it's that thing of like i don't think people fully understand that as as hard as their life might be and as difficult as it might be everyone everyone in the world has got some form of privilege and and sadly in this world at the moment like being white is is one kind of privilege in the same way being middle class is another kind of privilege in the same way that being straight is another kind of privilege Every, everyone holds a privilege and that's not to say that somebody who's white and is treated differently and and doesn't get a fair deal because then because then because they're working class and and, they, and their family have been working class for generations that that is a, that is a, that is something that they've got to overcome but somebody in exactly the same situation as them if they were black would have it even worse i think i think that's what people don't understand and and, and if that was taught in schools that there's that, that, that there's intersections and there's there's almost like a venn diagram of like you, like okay you've got it bad if you like this but then if you add this other element it's even worse i think that would at least help yeah, some people it's, understand it's like it better. how nationalism has sort of uh, poisons everything because you know when you're talking about that and you're talking about it in that way you're like it is like you know a class analysis of it that like there is less less that separates you know somebody and like take on board everything what you're saying but there's less that separates a white working class person from a black working class person than there might be that separates them from somebody who's middle class or whatever but the problem with like nationalism, you've seen it in Britain with English nationalism, is that it actually channels those those ideas down the wrong path. It's know that you need you need to assert your identity as 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 an English person. You need to get you know these kind of identities need to be asserted, which are just poison, uh, rather than understanding that like you know Boris Johnson is probably your enemy, not uh, not 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 like the people coming to work in the NHS. You know what I mean? That, that, that's exactly it, and, and and I don't know if you've seen it. I don't know if you've seen it, but there's like a there's there's like a a cartoon that's doing the rounds where there's where there's Rupert Murdoch. There's three people around the table. There's Rupert Murdoch on the middle. There's there's somebody wearing a hard hat, which is obviously sort of like a worker of some sort, sort of uh, sat one side of him, and and uh, somebody who 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 is not white sat on the other side of him, and they've each got a plate. And and uh, and Rupert Murdoch's got loads of cookies. The 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 white guy who's who's working class has got one cookie, and uh, and the, and the immigrant has got none. And 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 the cartoon is 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 Rupert Murdoch saying to the white guy, "Be, be careful, he wants your cookie." And like 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 in that situation, it's it, it's it's Rupert Murdoch who 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 the other two should have an issue with, but. Because of all sorts of uh, social sort of uh, constructs and uh, and manipulations, these two people who have probably got far more in common are fighting each other or being made to fight each other 
when 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 really it benefits um people who are who are in in authority because they've got every and, and again going back to intersections and intersectionality they've got they're in every every Venn diagram of the best kind that they, they are white they are they have they have got money they've got privilege they're white they they're straight they've not got to deal with all these things that so many other people have to deal with and and, and that's the thing I, I don't think I think there's I think there's bigots and there's racists, but there's other people who like just don't get it, and it's frustrating because you want them to get it because if they did, they'd be on side. You'd hope. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah. Look, Lance, that's re- it's really interesting to hear all that, and um, it's it's a lot of food for thought there, and a lot of things go through your head listening to what you're saying there, and again, just simple things that dropped into my head was. Uh, somebody tweeting about, um, we'll say white working class guys that defend Jacob Rees Mogg, uh, whose companies earn, you know, billions and pay very little tax in the UK, and uh, you know, there's they will defend him to the hilt because of the ideology that that's connected to the nationalism that Dion spoke about there. So you see, it's all designed because when you go back to the very start of this conversation, and it's about like teaching, changing how history is taught in British schools, and like I, you know. In Irish schools, they could probably do with changing how history is taught there in different ways. But if you take about, I remember talking to friends of mine in London about this a while ago, and we were talking about the history they learned, and uh, and this is in the context of Brexit and everything like that. And one of the things we were talking about was, can you imagine what would happen, especially the, the media's power is waning, but you bring up Rupert Murdoch, you talk about the mail. Can you imagine what would happen to... Uh, a secretary of state, like it would have, it would, it would invariably be a Labour secretary of state for education who would be trying to do this because a Tory wouldn't do it. But what would the newspapers, what would the Mail and the Murdoch Press do to a, a, a education secretary who said, "I'm going to change the the history curriculum so that it reflects, uh, you know, um, all all the consequences of British imperialism"? What would happen to them? They would be. You know, we've seen we've seen it with statues. <laughs> You've seen it with statues. You've seen like you know uh, the males like uh, release set her set her Winston free or whatever their headline was, um, uh, where they seem to confuse a statue with a a, a living human being, um, and that would it would have been it would have been ten times worse. It would have been a culture war about changing the curriculum and. For, and maybe maybe now the, the, the mood has changed, but for a long time, like it was, you know, look, Labour felt they had to get elected by keeping this me, the media, that media sweet and to do things. So they would never have fought those battles because they were so, because what they represented and how they could uh, crush them as they felt it was, was too, was the, what the price to pay for that was too high. So. A lot of it, a lot of what we you come back to, and like Boris Johnson is a journalist. A lot of a lot of what you come back to in the culture war that's been fought in Britain comes back to how things have been. Like we started with Brexit. Brexit was a direct product of how the media reported the EU for thirty or forty years. So all these things feed into each other, and like that, and and that analysis, as Nas put it, is kind of. The thing that's overlooked and the thing that probably needs to change. What what I find frustrating is 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 like in in terms of like bringing it back to football. Like there's a lot of people these days that say, 
oh, isn't it sad that politics is is so much like football in that sort of people pick a side and they become partisans to that side and there's no middle ground, blah, 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 blah. Like, I think, like, I almost think it, I, I think of it the other way around. Like, I, I sometimes wish that pe- people treated politics a little bit more like they treated football because I follow people, I know people, I go to the game, I go to matches with people who, when it comes to when it comes to United signing a player, or or sort of a, a transfer rumor, they are fucking on it. They're, 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 there's there's no flies on them. They'll be like they'll either be like, oh, this player wants to come, but Ed, Edward Wood's playing a hardball, or what what this is is this is a smoke screen because we actually want this player, or what it is 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 this uh, this agent obviously wants his player to get a bit better deal at Juventus, so he's using United to sort of um, leverage a sort of better deal and sort of. Uh, hike up the price and the wages and this and their thinking is so fucking sophisticated about that but when it comes to boris johnson or, or jacob jacob reese mogg there's none of that interrogation there's none of that sort of critical analysis and it's just like oh yeah he's wearing a suit he's he's posh he's he's this bumbling sort of like uh um posh guy like let's let's just sort of doff our caps to him and just agree with whatever he says it's sort of like have bring some of that same energy to to something that fucking matters Okay, Chas, we shall leave it there uh, this evening. Um, we have a big night tomorrow night, so I don't want you to score all your goals tonight, Naz. Don't be, you know, I want you to hold back something for tomorrow night, okay? <laughs> I have to. Uh, don't, 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 don't worry, I've got, I've, I'm like, I'm like Drogba. I'm like this endless sort of steam of bullets coming out. Um, we're back tomorrow night. Yeah, United are out tomorrow night against Sheffield United. Uh, Matt, that's Manchester United. Um, Liverpool are playing Crystal Palace at quarter past eight. We're back after that game and uh, Liverpool take one step closer to the league title. Thanks, Dion. Thanks, Naz. If you haven't already done so, click subscribe wherever you get your audio and you will get the shows into your feed and we will be back tomorrow night. Good luck. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation tomorrow, bro. People's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? (laughs) It's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take that as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave.